DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, it is time now to hear from Morgan Scally. Utah defensive coordinator meeting with the media for the first time during spring football. Spring football getting underway this week. Here is the Utes defensive coordinator, Morgan Scally. Hey, so obviously going into fall camp last year, uh, the defense was the, the big focus of, of a lot of, of the attention on the team. And, and the defense did really well in, in fall. What do you feel like uh, you guys need to do to, to move forward now in spring? Well, I think the biggest thing is we've got to get back to a little bit more to, you know, who we are in terms of coverage. We're a man coverage team. Last year when we were going through those uh, phases of getting into fall camp, we weren't really allowed to, to play press man uh, because of the rules and regulations. And so now um, that we are, we've got the protocols in place, we're, we're you know, we got to teach our guys man coverage and, and uh, get better at press man. And our guys are doing that. So we were a lot more of a zone coverage team last year. And uh, I believe we got better at our zone coverage ability, but um, we're a man team and that's where we've been able to make our plays and get sacks and, and uh, get disruptive. So uh, getting back into man coverage is a big deal for us. Following up on that real quick, but you've obviously introduced some zone coverage over the years. So it's not like it's, it's a, a new territory to you, but how hard is it to, to have to adapt to that as a full-time model instead of, of the, that man coverage, like you were speaking of? Uh, not too difficult because again, we have it in our, in our package. It's just, you know, we, we spend the majority of our reps, uh, playing man coverage. Uh, a lot of our pressures are married to man coverage. Um, it's just something that last year we, we upped the dose of our zone and zone pressures. So, uh, getting kind of back to who we are, uh, has been a, a nice, I guess change is maybe not the, the best word, but it is, it is based on what we did last year. We'll go now to Trevor Allen, followed by Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Morgan. Um, I just I was curious about the cornerbacks. Uh, you, you got you guys moved Kane Savage over to to wide receiver at least during spring, and you know, obvious. You know, how 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 deep are you at corner um, for you to be able to make that move? Well, we were also able to move Zamiya Vaughn, uh, who was a free safety for us last year, moved him to corner. So we have the bodies there. We have the guys that we feel have the, the ability, uh, the speed, the, the athleticism to play the corner position. And obviously we're about uh, winning football and that's team football. So whether that's an offensive player coming to defense or a defensive player going to offense, it's all about getting our best guys on the field. And uh, Kane, it was a very good wide receiver in high school. It's gonna gonna add some some speed and athleticism to, to what the offense is doing. So that was a no brainer. And again, we love the guys that we have at the corner position. You know, um, Clark Phillips, Malone Mataele, JT Broughton. Uh, you know the the other guys behind them that are making strides. Fabian Marks, who uh, made some plays last year in the five games that that, that we had there. Zamaya Vaughn, his length and speed adds, adds to what we're doing. Kenzel Lawler's making progress, so we do. We have the guys that, you know, we feel we can develop uh, into those roles, and we're excited to, to continue. We'll go next to Josh Newland, Salt Lake Tribune. 
Hey, Morgan. Um, when last season started, R.J. Hubert, you know, was having, I guess, a bit of trouble trying to get all the way back from the injury. Um, you know, he played he played some last season. But as as you go into the spring now, can you kind of update us maybe on where he is and just how he's looking so far? You bet. Yeah, R.J. was was very uh, unselfish in what he gave us last year. He was not 100 percent. He was not right. With his knee, he was good enough to give us some some uh, valuable reps when needed. Uh, also played on some special teams, but just didn't feel right. Um, and so we rehabbed him all throughout the season last year. Uh, this time off has been huge for him and to get that knee a little bit more stable and uh, get some more strength in those legs. And uh, for at least for the for the first couple of days, he looks really good. So we're excited to have him back. That and just his leadership, this guy that's been on the team, been in the safety room, uh, is able to bring the younger guys along. So love him and what he brings to the table. And another example of, of what you know selfless football can do for a team. And just to follow that up, obviously you had a lot of young guys on that defense getting you know live game reps during the fall. In hindsight, how how critical was it? to their maturation to, you know, not only be able to get those game reps, but to do so without losing the year of eligibility. Oh, invaluable, invaluable. We were probably one of the teams that benefited the most uh, from that, you know, in terms of just getting your younger guys reps, meaningful reps, getting them confidence. Uh, you know, the, the thing that those younger guys have not experienced yet is a crowd. Uh, what an opposing crowd can do to you, what a home crowd can do in terms of, of getting you excited, getting you pumped up. But uh, so we're excited. Hopefully that we're able to get uh, Rice Eccles Stadium going. And, uh, you know, those I know those young players, that's something that they talked about during the offseason is, is, is gaining a, an advantage there with the home crowd. Next up is Trevor Allen, KSLSports.com, followed by Cole Bagley from the Daily Utah Chronicle. I know that uh, spring depth charts are always to be taken with a, a, a grain of salt, but you have a Kamoy Latu starting at, at a strong safety. What has what his progress been? I know, I, I know that he, he's gotten time last year, but how, how, how critical is it for his development to, to get as many reps as possible in spring? Always important for those young guys to get reps. Kamoi Latu is what we want in terms of a physical football player. He is what our culture is. You know, he's tough. He's he's uh, bought into the w the way we do things, and I, I can't tell you how excited I am for uh, for him and his future here at the University of Utah. And uh, you're right, spring depth chart. You, you really can't pay attention to it. Everyone's competing. The only depth chart that really matters is the one uh, come game week. So that's what we tell our players is never worry about what a depth chart is saying, particularly in spring. Uh, just keep competing, keep competing, keep competing. Cole Bagley followed by Josh Furlong. Coach, what kind of value does it bring having a guy like Devin Lloyd uh, returning when he easily could have gone on to the NFL? And what do you expect from him this year? Well, you got Devin, you got Mika, you got Viana. There's a bunch of guys that, that had opportunities and uh, to have them back again, particularly if they're leaders, if they do lead by example, if they are, you know, compelling and they bring others along with them, you, you always want to have those guys in the program. So that's, that's been huge. Devin, uh, you know, he was a leader last year. He's a leader this year and leaders lead and there's, there's no drop off there. So 
um, not only in the backer room, but you can see him holding other guys accountable in other position groups. He's, he's just a guy that gets it. And that's just not calling guys out. It's also, you know, promoting our culture. And when guys are doing things right, give him a, give him a pat on the back. So uh, love Devin, love Mika, those guys that, that, that are compelling and leading. Um, great to have those guys in the program. Josh Furlong. And Morgan, in the offseason, you guys were able to target a ton of, of linebackers and build that room. What, what was kind of some of the conversations that went on this, this in, you know, in the offseason that, that allowed you guys to be able to pick up some of these guys? And why has Utah become such a destination for that spot specifically? Well, um, you know, you recruit to your numbers, you know, the guys that you lose uh, where you feel you, you lack depth. And that was one of the positions we felt we needed to strengthen. So um, we did that in recruiting. Colton Swan did, a, did an awesome job of targeting the guys that he wanted that fit our culture. And we just recruited the, the snot out of them. And we're, we're fortunate to get a good group to come in in terms of why it's such a valuable position, why, why backers want to come to Utah. It's just look at the defensive front. Those guys that take up blocks, that demand double teams uh, and allow your backers to roam free and make plays. The reason our backers are the most productive football players on the team is because those D-line do such a a great job of owning their role. And, uh, you know, trust me, uh, Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell, they're grateful. and And they tell those guys, those defensive linemen, how grateful they are for them and what they do. It's a team sport. And, uh, you know, the backers in our defense are going to be productive based on how the D-line does. Our final question will come from Trevor Allen. This is more of a uh, off-topic question, but uh, with Urban Meyer and Quinton Ganther going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, just what were your thoughts as someone that you played with and played for? Well, I, you know, I'm fired up for Urban, the opportunity he has, um, and I'm excited to watch uh, the progress there in terms of Quinton Ganther. Um, I've loved that, loved that guy, you know, ever since I played with him. He is a player's coach. He's also very demanding, which his coaches were with him. And, uh, you know, I see those players at that level really buying into Quinton and, and his way of doing things. So uh, Jacksonville's lucky to have those two. There is Morgan Scally and PK. You listen to that, and I think that's an answer you fans have wanted to hear for a long time about the linebackers. When linebackers were a weakness, it didn't make sense. Playing behind that D-line, you would think linebackers would want to be there, and now Morgan says, indeed, they do, and they've now had a string of good linebackers. So finally that resonated, and it's really paying off. Hum, baby, is it paying off. Oh, my goodness, they are cashing in. Yeah, you've been watching a lot of spring training, haven't you? Hum, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Always with the baseball references. Hum, baby, that's a baseball reference? Yeah, the Giants lived and died with that thing. That was on T-shirts and caps. Hum, baby? Hum, baby! (laughs) Something you're supposed to say when you're a Giants fan. Here we go. Hunt out. Hum, baby. Hum, baby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Linebackers are rocking. Everybody's rocking at uh, Utah. They're strong in all three levels. If they had a fourth level, they'd be strong there, too. <laughs> Take it to the fourth level. <laughs> Kyle looks at you. What are you talking about? I oh, drop he does that. that often with me. I know he does. That's why I want you to drop that in on a Friday. <laughs> Kyle. 
You've been good at all three levels. When are you going to take it to the fourth level? <laughs> I don't think Kyle really respects my football knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> he, he comes to me for the abuse and the one-liners. That's about it. Anything, <laughs> anything I start talking football, he just sticks up his hand, gives me the palm. I don't, shut, I don't, shut up. I don't think football coaches walk into that room <laughs> to talk to the media looking for football knowledge. <laughs> That's not what they're doing. I think the smart ones walk into that room and think, this is a different way for me to coach my team. I'm going to get my message out there, and it's going to percolate back to my players. And it doesn't matter if it's college or pro. Everybody's got friends and family and relatives, and they hear this stuff, and it gets back to them. It's another way to get the message out. I think that's what they're looking – that's what the smart ones are looking for when they walk into that room. They're not looking for your football knowledge. I do think they enjoy talking about their sport, though. So if you come prepared and ask them what they deem as a, as a good question, and I've felt this for years, you'll get a quality answer 99 times out of 100. Yes, I can think of uh, multiple coaches that's true. I think I sense that as tiresome as Zoom is, I think I get that from Quinn during Zoom stuff. You can hear when he hears a question that he really wants to address. When it's a little different and there's a little thought that goes into it, and if it gives him a chance to coach his team. <laughs> you know, he, he loves to talk about defense in the media. He knows it gets back to his team, and he harps on it. That was a great win against the Celtics, and we can talk about all the great shots and all that. And if they'd given up 125 points, they would have lost the game. But they gave up 109 points, so they won the game. Two or three possessions a quarter. If you're a little better than normal, it's the difference between winning and losing. And it paid off. I think coaches, they want you to put in the work. And if you, at least from my experience, Bronco definitely. Yeah. Oh, Bronco was right there with anybody. Yep. Sure. And that, that's one of the things I miss now. Uh, and it's been trending this way. And, and I'm glad that you know, obviously, the the bulk of my media life is behind me, not in front of me. Uh, you rarely get the opportunity to have these one on ones where you can delve into stuff. Everything is in group interviews. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean for me, I, I, I just it's one of the joys of the business and I don't get to do it near as much as I used to, just to stand or sit down with somebody and delve into a topic about whatever. Mm-hmm. A uh, year before last in Vegas with Mark Few, I got him for like eight minutes and just what it takes to build a program. And you could tell, man, he was so into it. And it was just the two of us. And that's that's what I really enjoy. And if you come prepared, they'll they'll, they'll tell you stuff. engage yeah. you big time. Yeah. And but we don't you don't get to do that much. Now it's just one question and then the next guy or next person has a question that could be entirely different than your question. Yep. And so there's really never any big time flow to what's going on. Never. Ever. And the funny thing is, I've now started to hear people uh, on the other side complain about that. And uh, Andre Godala has been in the NBA a long time. And he said yeah. he doesn't like that everything is a question and a reaction and goes to Twitter. He said, I enjoyed the conversations, you know, and I missed that. But there's no opportunity for that. Tony you know? LaRussa, who's now the White Sox manager, said on a Zoom call, this is maybe not even three weeks ago, I'm looking forward to a day when I can meet with you guys in person again. I do not like this Zoom setup. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah, he's it's, as old school as they get. But, but, he but, is. but to PK's point, like this is the way it's been trending generally, you know? It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, and, and there are multiple reasons for that, and there are multiple reasons that uh, – 
athletic directors or, or coaches or general managers, depending college or pro, want it that way. You know, I mean, when the Jazz rebuilt the arena, they rebuilt the room where you do the media. Jerry Sloan used to walk out and stand. First, he used to just stand, then eventually he stood behind a podium, and he would stand there and talk, and if you wanted to have that conversation you're talking about, PK, you would have it, you'd have to wait for everyone else at the end, and he was willing to have it. And after shoot-around, he had all kinds of time. When they rebuilt the room, so now they control whether they hand you the mic or not, and the coach enters and exits through a door, and you never get within 10... 10 feet is probably as close yeah. as you get. There will be, I mean, they designed the room so that there will be no conversations. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I'm clear on what the plan is because you built that door right there. Um, and so something is lost there. Something is gained, I guess. Um, I've always felt, though, that if the newsmaker wants to control the media, the best way to do it is to control the access. If you eliminate access, now people can just go and say whatever. They got nothing to lose. <laughs> they got you know, they got nothing to lose. You always talk about you know the 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 newspaper reporter. Not all of them, but a lot of them are grinders. And the TV people, not all of them, but a lot of them, going to be real nice, right? Well, when you're, I can tell you, when you're trying to book players on a Sunday night show, it's never that far out of your brain. But once players are banned from Sunday night shows, eh, okay, <laughs> don't have to worry about losing access there. So, you know, the, the businesses are what they are, but when you change the rules, you know, you do kind of change the nature of the business. And there's, there's pluses and minuses. I don't know that everyone enjoys the give and take. I mean, how many media sessions have you seen with Popovich? Not just first and third quarters, but like media sessions where he's just snapping at people. I think he's backing off that right. little bit. I, I, think he, I think he snapped more three to five years ago. Um, well, I mean, the last year you can't really compare. Um, but I think he was backing off that a little bit. So it's not that everyone enjoys it, but you're right, more people enjoy it than not. And the side conversation when not everything is a quote and everything is a headline, when they explain to you how things really are, you know, stuff Morgan Scally says you don't know because you're not in the building at 530. You know, you don't know everything it takes to build a program until you talk to, to Mark Few. And he's done it. He's done it to a high level. But right. he wasn't worried about you tweeting out everything, trying to find one thing that, you know, might be taken out of context, might be spun 90 degrees and, you know, go off on its own. It was more big picture stuff. Yeah, I wasn't looking to bust them by any stretch. Right. You know, but how does it, well, I don't how really does it do work? That. I'm not looking to do that anymore anyway. Those days are gone. I, I just want to have conversation because I think the fan enjoys conversation as opposed to question, answer, question, answer. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback, everything you've been talking about this show, coming up next. Stay with us. March Madness is here, and now it's time to put that college basketball knowledge to the test. It's the Zone Bracket Challenge, where you can compete against the Zone hosts as well as Zone listeners. Oh, my goodness! Log on now to 1280zonebracket.com to fill out your bracket for a chance to win a Nordic Track X22i bike. Valued at over $2,000 as well as other great prizes. It's the Zone Bracket Challenge, going on now at 1280zonebracket.com. Presented by The Store, SNS Roofing, Bullfrog Spas, and Elite Works. Obviously, I've told both of them, hey, it's going to be, you know, the two of you are going to compete for this position, and, and, and they understand it, and they'll come in. We've already had a chance to, to see both of them to some degree. I think last year was important for us relative to Jameis. It gave us a year to evaluate him, and it also gave him a year to evaluate us. 
Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints head coach, talking about the quarterback plans. Jameis Winston and the Saints have been evaluating each other. Now competition with Taysom Hill. Maybe there'll be a home run hit, but it looks like all the big names we thought might be moving aren't. Looks like things have settled down with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Roethlisberger has his deal in Pittsburgh. Watson and Wilson, for all the talk, are still in Houston and Seattle. So assuming there are no blockbusters, and there's a $39 million cap hit if Seattle trades Wilson, so you know they're really going to try to avoid that. Uh, then there's at least for one year, we'll see what happens after that, but at least for one year, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, head-to-head for the Saints' starting job. Great. I hope Taysom wins it. The Saints became our team this year for a while, PK. We got a lot of Saints games on TV, as many as we did Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. So a lot of Saints football, and I assume that Taysom was a big part of the reason why. I mean, obviously they have a good team and all that, but that gave it a little something extra. Most popular ex-Cougar since Steve Young. Yes. Who's second? Because it's a long way to second. Jamal? Well, Detmer, when Detmer had an opportunity to play, but it was sporadic. I mean, De- Detmer was understood that he was an undersized guy, so just being in the league was an accomplishment. Uh, Sorensen with the Chiefs is getting a lot of run because yeah. they've been really good. Yep, and he's made plays Kyle for Kyle Van Noy was a Super Bowl dude with New England, and he's really good. Apparently headed back to New England after a year in Miami. Other stuff we talked about, uh, the NBA last night, the Utah Jazz getting a win over the Boston Celtics. Donovan Mitchell didn't shoot the ball well until he did. Two big three-pointers down the stretch. Rudy had a good game, I thought. Uh, shot the free throws reasonably well and uh, had a big dunk in traffic that fired everybody up and challenged a lot of shots. Always a key with him. Flying around the floor, defending pick and rolls, challenging shots. And the Jazz, who had their issues at times, a ton of turnovers earlier, but really, really eliminated them in the second half. And four turnovers and a half, you'll take that every time. And that's what they did in the second half. So... They get the win against Boston, and we had Joe Ingles on, and it's one regular season game, so you don't want to overhype it, but they didn't finish the Houston game the right way, and they didn't play well against Golden State, so it was time to play well and get a win and feel good, and they did. Well, it's just to check it off. I think the exhilaration, if there's even that, of the win is not as equal to the despair of if there was a loss. Yeah, that's probably true. And that's, that's a good spot to be in, though, because you're expected to win. You did win. That's great. On the next one. You lose. You're expected to win. How could you lose that game? What's going on? You've lost five of nine, blah, 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 whatever it is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they've earned that spot to be in to where we get more concerned with the losses than we do excited about the wins under most situations. What I mean by that, if they beat the Lakers full strength or the Clippers full strength, everybody's going to be way excited. Uh, But most of these teams, they're better than at this point. So we don't get overly excited on the win. We just check it off and say, all right, that's one more win and add it to the column and move on to the keep going along this trip, whatever is the short term, the long term, obviously, is the postseason. And that's where they're at, where if they lose, oh, no, man, 
what, what, what was that phenomenal run? Was it really just uh, fake and it's not real? And now we're seeing these true colors and then blah, 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 blah. blah. So we create all this nonsense in our minds. And we didn't have to do that because they played well enough down the stretch to win the game. And that's where we're at. And we will do that tomorrow and we'll do that Friday and Monday and so forth and so on. I don't know if you remember saying this, but somewhere around the 10th or 15th game of the season, well, it wasn't 10th, it was 15th or 20th, they were putting together that 11-game win streak. And you said, this is great, and the kind of season it is, we're going to remember all the losses and we're not going to remember the wins because there's going to be too many wins to remember. They're going to blend together, but the losses are going to jump out at us. And right now, for the 10 losses, I can pretty much tell you the opponent and tell you a major storyline to the game. And for the 29 wins, I mean, obviously I can remember Boston and Houston because they just happened. But you start going back to February and January, and the wins are definitely running together. I can't tell you who they were. I can't tell you that much about the And that's a great spot to be in. Right. It is. That's indicative of their talent. Next up, Washington. The team's already there. We spoke to Joe this morning. They're already in the hotel. They're playing the Wizards tomorrow night, 5 o'clock on NBA TV, and the Wizards are 10 games under 500. And, yes, Bradley Beal might go off for 50 and might win a game, but, hey, you played a good game. If you go play a good game, you're going to win this thing 99 times out of 100. Go play well. You know, play play the game, not the opponent, and you're good. You ought to be in a good place. And then you're 2-1 yeah. on the trip. And then we start talking about, oh, are they going to finish – Three and two. Are they going to finish four and one? I mean, if they finish four and one, then the Warriors game is really a footnote. It's a good road trip. Oh, I'd agree. Yeah, I think that's well within the reason this war, uh, Wizards game is a makeup game, right, from the COVID earlier. Yeah. And so we got an opportunity to beat a crappy team. Take advantage of it, man. They, that, that, that's basically all it is. I'm not going to jump up and down if they win. Probably not going to be too desperate if they lose, but I'm going to be more ticked if they lose if they lose than I am going to be happy if they win. Right. But that means you got a good team, and they don't, so it's a position you want to be in. Speaking of 50-point games, Damian Lillard, yikes, 50 for the Blazers. They needed a 25-7 to run to end the game, to win the game by one. And with like 5.45 to go, they were down to 117-100, and they got it done. And Lillard had 15 of the last 25 points. He had seven, the last seven points for the Blazers all in the final minute. Big at the free throw line, big with three-pointers. He did it all, and the Pelicans did nothing with uh, Brandon Ingram going 0-2 for 2 at the free throw line, and then they're playing the foul game at the end, and the Pelicans, all they got to do is inbound and get fouled and hit free throws, and they turn the ball over. Guy takes his eye off the ball, and... It bounces out of bounds. It, was, it goes to what you said earlier. The Pelicans are young, and they're talented, but they don't know how to win, and they messed up a winnable game, and Lillard would not let them off the hook. No. He had it going on. He has got it going on. They're a very dangerous yep. team. Well, what is, that, what is that stat with him and McCollum? Anytime they combine for 30, they're, they're likely no. going to win. Combine for 60. Oh, 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 30, not 30. Yeah, they get that in the first quarter. Uh, 60, my bad. Yes, And Lillard had 50, and McCollum coming back. He's been out injured for a long time, but now he's back, and he played a little bit. Didn't shoot it particularly well, as you'd expect. Uh, You know, he played for a long time. So 3 for 11, 3 for 10, 3 for 11. Isn't that that old uh, Al Adels story? He and Wilt uh, combined Combined. for 106 points one night. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Something like that. That's a great line. And uh, so, yeah, 10 points for McCollum, but uh, he'll, you figure he'll get it. Well, it's good for them he'll that he's get back. It Absolutely. He'll get it together and check back in two or three weeks, and he'll be playing a lot better as he gets back into the flow of things. Still on a minutes restriction, I think. So, Lakers crush the Timberwolves 137 to 121. So, three of the top six in the West play the Blazers, the Lakers, and the Jazz, and all three pick up victories. 
Larry Kustowiak's out at the University of Utah. We spent a little bit of time on that. Predictable. Missed the tournament five years in a row at the at uh, missed the NCAA tournament five years in a row at the University of Utah. And you are probably going to be an ex basketball coach. And that is where they are. And now Mark Harlan has got to figure out who's the guy. And we're getting all kinds of suggestions. We'll get to the feedback next. All kinds of people with local to regional ties of one type or another. But it wasn't the release. It'll be a national search. And the Utes, top 15 all-time in wins, top 15 all-times in win percentage, four Final Fours, 16 Sweet Sixteens. It's a program with a proud tradition and legacy. They got Power 5 money. So why not a national search, PK? The AD's worked in Florida and California. He's literally worked all across the country. I don't know if he's had a job in the central time zone, but he's been in the other three. So why wouldn't it be a national search? The people he know, he has crossed paths with have found out all over the place. So, of course, it'll be a national search as much as people look at, you know, people with local ties. Oh, yeah. I mean, you owe it to your, to your program, to your university, to your fans to find the best person that you think is available to take this job. And I think there's plenty of worthy, qualified candidates I mean, this this is a great job, I believe, and I'm excited to see what he does because this is his first real test that will draw widespread critique, good or bad, indifferent, whatever it might be. I'll take the approach of, well, we'll give the man time because that's that's just been my standard approach when it comes to coaching uh, jobs and selections because you never really know, and let's see what he can do. Uh, I'm excited for this opportunity. You know, he's put himself in this position to earn this right to make this call. So now who are you going to come up with? And there'll be a lot of speculation going forward. And I would imagine in two, three weeks they would uh, wind it up and, and away we go. Unless there's somebody out there that he wants to see who's still coaching, maybe that could push it back. There's really not an, a huge time pressure. I mean, I'd, I'd say you, you've got a few weeks uh, to figure it out and, Away you go. They got to get this program on track. It deserves to be on track. It's a it's a storied program. Well, even even if the coach is still coaching, you know the field of sixty eight is going to be down to sixteen in five days. So that's going to free up a lot of people, depending on who he's looking at. And maybe the, maybe he'll want one of the last sixteen. I don't I don't know, but I think a lot of those people are going to be free. So I do think that two to three week window you're talking about is probable. I mean, there's stuff that could stretch it out, but if you were if you were a betting man right now, that two to three week timeline you speak of that that's that's the right timeline. If you find someone, but you know, there's a lot of shucking and jiving at the Final Four, or maybe mm-hmm. not this year. I don't know what the what the rules are with the COVID deal. So yeah, it's a it's a great place to interview people because for all the media trying to track you, everybody's there, and it's not you can't track. You know, we see these reports. You know. Who's on a plane? So and so's on a plane to somewhere, and it's going to touch down, right? You yeah, don't, I don't have know any of that at the final four. It, maybe not. Right. So, and you you can do a lot on phone and, and mm-hmm. however Zoom virtual, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. I mean, the the facilities speak for themselves. I, I would imagine that there's going to be whoever it is has some degree of knowledge of Utah and has been there and has seen uh, the facility, knows about it, and blah blah blah, and knows at least has some working knowledge. I don't think it's going to be uh, completely out of the realm. Like even Urban Meyer had some degree of Utah knowledge, having coached a little bit at Colorado State. Uh, so, and, and then you can get up to speed pretty quick, too, uh, by talking to folks. So uh, my guess is there's, there'll be some type of connection 
one way or the other. It won't be somebody that he knew from Florida who's never been out here. Maybe not, but that that's my guess. Uh, anything else you'd like to uh, pass along here? Anything else we hit on? Anything uh, Patrick Stevens came on with the Washington Post, helped people fill out the brackets. He covers college sports and college basketball pretty thoroughly. Thought he largely agreed with uh, our assessments of the, the Aggies and Cougars and their opponents. Uh, one thing I would disagree in a little bit, I think Gonzaga, it is a burden. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Maybe burden's the wrong word because that, that has a connotation of negative. Extra pressure. But I think if you've gone through undefeated, that adds a little something. And particularly when you're Gonzaga and people wonder, okay, just how good you are. But Gonzaga's got an opportunity to just shut up everybody. I would love to see it. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see them win. And just really this non-Power 5, although to me they're a Power 5 in terms of basketball, in terms because they can devote 90% of their stuff to basketball. They don't have to worry about football. And we've, we've seen that, you know, with a Villanova and a Marquette. It's not that unusual. But, uh, uh, yeah, these programs, well, they're basically these Big East programs, you know, mm-hmm. that don't have the football played. And they have uh, money to, to put there, and they've built up these tremendous basketball programs. And obviously, that's what Gonzaga has done. They would be my sentimental uh, favorite. You know, those, I'd love to see the two locals go as far as they can go because that's great for business, obviously. All right, DJ PK, your feedback is coming up next. Stay with us. It's 97.5, The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Time for the feedback, all the stuff you have been saying about today's show. What are you green with envy about on St. Patrick's Day? Legally Grand says, anyone with a 36-inch plus vertical leap. Ought to be a Skywalker PK. Mm, uh, I knew he's old, he's envy, envious of me. Ryan... Ryan Stevens. I jump out of the gym. Uh-huh. Ryan Stevens, probably your burner account, PK. Cities with a Major League Baseball team. Ah, huh? Make it happen. Mm, that'd be nice. I'm trying to put together a group. We'll have an announcement here shortly. Andrew says, the Dodgers. I'm jealous of anyone in the NCAA tournament because I haven't seen my team play on college basketball's biggest stage the past five years. Jealous of 68 schools. Mm. Change that's is coming. Utes. Yeah, I assume that's the Utes. Yep. Jo- Josh says, uh, man, I'm, I'm envious of uh, $10 million annual salaries for bench warners. I'm really good at sitting on my ass and feeling <laughs> extremely underpaid. <laughs> yeah, they do make a ton of money. It's amazing. Riley Jensen, who comes on our show, tweets at us and says, what if we could hypnotize all fans and help them realize that even if Donovan Mitchell goes 4 for 15 in a game, they're still watching greatness? Okay, sure, at times. I mean, that, that shot he hit, man, he looks so freaking smooth, too. Yeah, you know, I have a I problem. Mean, he just looks like uh, the – go a, ahead. I have a problem singling out the one shot. And I get it came later, which makes it bigger than the other three, but I thought both the threes were big at the end of the game, and I thought it was easier to shoot the second one, which I get is later and more critical, but because that first one at about the three-and-a-half-minute mark or so, 
That was a big shot at the time. The Celtics were on a the, – the Jazz had called timeout. It was a 7-2-9-0, whatever it was. Uh, like a 7- or 8-point lead had gone down to 1. So I thought that was a big shot. When he hit that one, I thought it made the next one easier. I thought both of them were huge. Well, I'm not talking about any individual shot. What I'm talking about is just the way he plays. And when he makes these shots, how smooth he looks. I mean, he's just under control completely. It just looks like if you were to draw up a textbook player on how to shoot a jump shot, how to lead into the shot and everything, it just looks so right. It looks like this is the way. It's like the perfect golf swing. Eric says, I'm envious of soccer teams with owners. Going to have to wait a while. Long conversation here uh, because some people have said, uh, have compared Utah to Utah State and BYU, and we got a Utah fan saying we shouldn't be compared to Utah State and BYU. You, we should be compared to the top four or five teams in the Pac-12 because they're doing what we ought to be doing. Utah State and BYU aren't winning in the tournament, and Utah ought to win in the tournament. Yes, but they're going, and you can't win if you don't go, I guess is other people's point. That's a long-running debate. Going back to the point, there's still a rivalry between Utah, BYU, and Utah State. Even if Utah doesn't want to play BYU and Utah doesn't play Utah State, the, the rivalry flames are alive and well. Uh, yes, and then that's particular to this state. Because we've got these uh, three schools, we've got obviously more than that that play Division One basketball, but those are the three we're talking about right now. But also, too, you are competing with your conference. That's an absolute given. T. Hodges says, I'm jealous of states that have professional football and baseball teams. He wants the NFL and Major League Baseball. I would take both. I would be happy with both, yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we are about out of time. Anything else you'd like to share with the people before we hit the road here? Just keep the faith. It'll pay off in the end. Too early to have a name for the U job? Uh, For me, yes. I mean, there's a... 10, 15 names, but I don't think there's anything that's being narrowed down. For people rooting for the local guys, and we've got a lot of names coming in here, and people have got their favorites, and we can get to that on another day. Uh, But obviously there are people saying uh, Mark Pope and Craig Smith, because they're winning, you know, 45 minutes, an hour away. Uh, They're winning, and you fans are sitting watching them win. There are also people tweeting at us that – Alex Jensen and Johnny Bryant, two former players, bring them back, although the coach into the pro ranks. So although it's not an impossible uh, career turn, it's also not a perfect fit either. Uh, they haven't been recruiting and building recruiting networks and have to build that into their staff. If I gave you those well, well, Alex someone did at St. Louis. Right. If I gave you those four or the field, which would you take right now? I know what I would take. Field, just, yeah, just statistically, would I yep. would go field. Yeah, I would too. But, uh, I mean, Craig Smith and Mark Pope have made their marks as, as far as college coaches, and, mm-hmm. and uh, they look like their trajectory is pointed up. So, uh, But uh, I'm not going to criticize any hire because you've got to give that person time to do the job. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time. Scotty and Hans are next. We will see you tomorrow right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.